Welcome and welcome back to True Story. Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem. I'm Ferdos. I'm her mother. You don't say name? No. Oh, well, I'm Fakaya. I'm Aya. The sister. <laughs> you don't have to say the sister. You, you I'm at Just introduce person. yourself the way you want to introduce yourself. Okay, I'm Aya. <laughs> Hi. It's me. She's actually I'm not a teenager, even though she sounds like one. Okay. <laughs> I was getting attacked from, from all sides. From my mother. <laughs> so, it's been a while. I'm sorry. Um, She's not sorry. She's I am, having a life of her own. I am genuinely sorry. I didn't consider how time-consuming my program was. And it turns out very, very time-consuming. <laughs> Tell us a bit about your program. So, it's a court reporting program. So, I basically learned how to shorthand type... And um, it's painful. It's a painful process. But we move. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) So I figured out a new system of, of, of doing this. Instead of doing a weekly thing where I end up not being able to respect the schedule and then feeling guilty and stressed that I'm not respecting the schedule and avoiding it, I'll do an episode, a monthly thing. At the end of the month, this last Sunday of the month, is going to be when I release a new episode because I think that's all I can really commit myself to and that gives me this way time to research edit without uh, feeling like I'm I have to either choose the podcast or my studies. Excellent. We're essentially doing this for you guys, okay? We want to encourage a healthy <laughs> social life for you, our <laughs> listeners. Um, you know, and that we want to encourage you to look outside, look at the sunshine, <laughs> some grass, you know. So we are thinking of you guys as we make oh, this Oh yeah, decision. this is really... It has, nothing us, yeah, it has nothing to do with us. Don't really. ask us why. <laughs> Again, we literally just told you guys why. Don't ask us what about our personal lives. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. It has We're, nothing to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this month is going to be a bit of a special uh, circumstance because we're going to have a special episode that we're recording right now. And I have an actual episode part of our show that's going to be uh, released on the last Sunday of the month that actually has been in my in my drafts and I completely forgot to edit it, which means I completely forgot to... to it was the episode about... <gasps> Well, I don't want to spoil it for the. I'll, I'll just. It's a it. secret episode. <laughs> that, I have another secret. It's the one about, care about the, you guys. About the I think y'all should move to another remember? podcast. Oh, that's excellent. I think y'all should move to another podcast. Clearly, oh. she doesn't care about y'all. <laughs> Personally, I wouldn't take that. Oh well. <laughs> well, now that her sister's away, but you are taking that. You're right here taking it. Personally, I wouldn't encourage. She wouldn't encourage you to take that. But she, but we're here and we're all here for the episode. So get us rolling. So, we're about a week late for this. This was supposed to be last week. Okay. For the New but Year's. No. Well, New Year. Wow. I can't believe you didn't make a New Year special edition. <laughs> <laughs> Lousy. Okay. Well. <laughs> it's a new year in a different way. Last week was our one year anniversary. Yay! Yay! And we didn't do anything? Well, that's the thing. You guys were out of the city, and I had COVID, so we couldn't do anything. It's so like you don't care about your podcast. Why would you? You would tell. COVID. You're right. I should have. I should have told COVID. Hey, listen, buddy. This is not a good time. <laughs> Maybe come in next week. Next week. You know. Right. This week. <laughs> Step away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're about a week late for this, but it is our one year anniversary. Yay! So I can't believe it's already been a year. That's insane. That is insane. I do feel a year wiser. 
Do you feel in entertainment? Mm. <laughs> so it's going to be a bit of a short episode. I thought as a special episode, uh, we would look back at what brought us here to begin with. Oh. Our very first episode, which was the healing kofta machine. Oh, I, I remember that. some healing kofta, even non-healing kofta. <laughs> My mom's We're waiting it. on supper. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd look back at it, see if there's anything oh, like, new, you know anything so I missed. You know what cool is if we could, like... If Spotify could give us like most popular like replays so that we would listen to it and then like comment on it. Well, I know the episodes that have the most downloads. Okay. Oh, how about this? Let's make a game over. Yeah, I'm taking over your thing. Okay, take thing. over away. <laughs> so let's make a game, and the the audience could also list, uh, guess along because they probably don't know over which is our top. F- oh, do they know? Uh, yeah. No, I don't think the they The longer would know. you... The top five episodes. The harder you work, the longer it takes before you get to go to supper. Do you want to guess? What's your... Okay, tell us all episodes. the episodes we had. <laughs> Probably the Kofta, the Cures, AIDS, um, it, followed by... The Healing Kofta Machine. The what? The Healing Kofta Machine. Yes, the Healing Kofta Machine. Thank you. Uh, followed by the... Um, the Mexican mass murderer. They've got... I love Mexican food. Followed by... <laughs> we get it. You're hungry. <laughs> Uzbekistan mass murderer. Although I haven't really tasted Uzbekistan cuisines. Please send recipes. <laughs> um, and finally, Ryan Skeena. Is I think five? you said four. That's four. So the fifth one <laughs> would be... Um, Giant maple syrup ice. <laughs> so are those your favorites, or were you? Were those they... are her, what she thinks are going to be the top exactly. downloaded episodes. Okay, for me, the first episode, with top. the healing kofta machine, the healing kofta machine. Okay, then the second, the man who sold the Eiffel Tower. The not Eiffel Tower. To us, okay. Not to us. We I feel like it. that's people who are. Uh, so the second one. Is- Okay. People who uh, <clears throat> want to be entrepreneurs and are like, ooh, someone sold us. <laughs> we, we bamboozled people into listening to the episode. <laughs> they were like, when are we talking about Bitcoin? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, what's your third one? Kebab. Oh, mon amour. That's okay, do you give up after two then? Yes. Okay. These are my top two. These are your top two. Okay. Um but so you no, know, you know. I I know, yeah. yeah so you can't so guess. I can't guess. <laughs> For the longest time, our first episode was our the top message. The healing kofta machine, which made sense. It's our oldest episode. It's very tasty, very tasty, <laughs> very healing. Perhaps not healing AIDS, but very healing. But very he- healing in other ways. <laughs> It heals um, mental health. It heals mental it, it really health. We're going confirm. to open a kofta, a kofta hospital with our kofta healing machine. How many dose do you need? But it did, it did um, get overtaken. Overtaken by. It's not the first anymore? It's not the first anymore. Um, it got overtaken by the man who sold the Eiffel Tower, which was, oh it's God, honestly, like, again, like, oh <laughs> yeah, we good. really did you're bamboozle so people with that Sorry, one. Y'all. So for the, after that, it was the second episode, and then, and then all, all, all heck broke loose. I don't know what happened. So our first, our top episode is the man who sold the Eiffel Tower, Yay! followed by the Mexican Ripper. Oh! Ooh, Mexican food, best there is. <laughs> Love cilantro. <laughs> Maybe Ooh, don't but... mention Mexican food about an, when we talk, we're talking about an episode revolving around a serial killer. <laughs> um, so this is not an endorsement of Mexican serial killers, but of Mexican food. Okay. And then... Clarifying. The Beast of Gévaudan. Very tasty roast. <laughs> What's the summary of that? The Beast of Gévaudan was this... Like mythical, oh, here we are. It was a mythical creature that would attack humans and livestock. Mm -hmm. 
it only stopped hunting after it was killed. Yes. Really, people think it was just a big wolf. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember it. Now you remember it. Okay. And then after the Beast of Gévaudan is the healing Kofta machine. Yay! Followed Oji. closely behind, honestly. By the Curse of the Pharaoh. And then, actually, the murder of Renee Hartfelt. Mm. Oh. Um, nice. Curse of the Pharaoh is not on there anymore. Not in the top five. It used to be, but... Yeah, it's interesting to see how how they fluctuate. Mm, thank you guys so thank much. Thank you. Thank you very much to all our <laughs> listeners. Okay, on to the to the reason we started recording this to begin with. <laughs> so, um, for those who did not listen to the Healing Kofta Machine, uh, please go ahead and have a listen if you'd like to. It was our very first episode, so please forgive any ramblings. Uh, not that we've gotten better at that. <laughs> hey, isn't the ramb? Bling part of the entertainment. There we go. It's part of the charm. <laughs> um, but uh, we will talk a little bit about it. Okay, so I will just do a very quick summary of um, basically the first episode, in, like the, the the original episode, in case you don't feel like going off to listen to it. Um, Healing Kofta Machine was a actually called the complete cure device it's just got overtaken by this analogy that the guy who invented it tried to go with it didn't work out for him (laughs) but it was invented in 2014 in egypt by the chief army engineer so not a doctor (laughs) um and it was it claimed that it could cure aids and hepatitis c it kind of sounds like a WhatsApp message you would get in those random family group chats. You're like, <laughs> so the the term kofta machine doctors don't want came, you to know this. <laughs> don't want you to know the simple trick. <laughs> to saying slim. <laughs> so the the term kofta machine came from an analogy that the Ibrahim Abdel Eti, the man who invented this machine tried to, uh, an analogy he tried to use to kind of, like, really, like, really focus on how easy it is to use and how, like, healing it will be. Um, so there, so there was quotes, no actual kofta. There was involved. no actual kofta. Oh, my God, I'm leaving. <laughs> I've been waiting this long for the kofta. I'm sorry. I wanted to hear beef, chicken, lamb, you know, Did maybe you... I had a choice. Around AIDS, though? <laughs> or any disease, really? It's kind of gross, No. Well, it's like diseased. It. <laughs> You'll still eat it. Well, no, knife. It is diseased. It's a healing. How would kofta. a kofta be diseased? Yes, it's ground beef. This is anti-cow <laughs> and chicken and lamb. Anti-animal. Okay, and animal The quote. The quote. Just say a cow scares you. Okay. okay. <laughs> Abdel Eti said, "I will take AIDS from the patient and nourish the patient on the AIDS treatment by giving him a skewer of kofta to nourish." <laughs> It's, but it's not it's it's meant to be like like um the analogy like was that the machine would like suck out the 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 it would suck out the contaminated blood and I like see. and like feed it back into the patient like he is feeding the patient a kufta like I don't know. I see. <laughs> he got the my mom, are my mom, to think eat of like their own extractions. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. I want to stay hungry. You gotta think of it as a machine that like takes your blood, yes, purifies it, good, gives it back to you. Oh, kind of like a diet, uh, <laughs> like a diabetes dialysis. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> As an actual doctor, she's not impressed. <laughs> One more is a hungry person. <laughs> so, this machine has been described as kind of resembling a hand mixer. Like a kitchen hand mixer. Um. <laughs> Whipped cream! <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> Boo, get off the stage! Kitchen hand mixer. Go back to your day job! <laughs> day job. Go back to your meal! Okay. So it was unveiled at a news conference with only selected Egyptian news outlets that were allowed to attend. Mm. That were allowed not to make fun of it. <laughs> You're not going to make fun of it. Um, officials said that it had successfully treated, that they had successfully treated using the machine. Around, um, around 100... Source. Dude, just trust me. <laughs> Source, just trust me. So they successfully healed patients and would be used on 160 other patients for testing purposes over the next six months. Okay, good. Right. So, of course, they kind of were met with pretty... Um, with a lot of ridicule. The people were not impressed. Enthusiastically. <laughs> Enthusiastic, humorous, constructive, or destructive feedback. Um, after the pushback they received from it, they announced that they had to postpone clinical use of the new treatment and also just postpone the, the trials in general. Um, Maybe no one wanted to join. And a year later, they still hadn't... Nothing was, was set. It's it's pretty much... The, the government has tried to, like, sweep it under the rug. The government has developed amnesia. <laughs> what I did think was really interesting that I really wanted to share uh, was what happened after the announcement and what happened before the announcement. So I'll start with after the announcement. Um... Back in uh, so back in 2017, so this is three years after the unveiling of the healing kufta machine. Um, three Egyptian doctors were banned from practicing medicine for three years by the primary disciplinary board of the Egyptian doctor syndicate, and this decision was made because these doctors all tried to use the complete cure device, even though it has no scientific backing and is not permitted to be used on public. Oh, well. Their kofta was really terrible. It was terrible. It was a crime. It was not healing at all. The, the patient just threw the kofta back in their faces. <laughs> you come here, you just respect me. Yeah, okay. my kofta. <laughs> so this decision was pretty... I mean, I don't want to say, like, revolution. It's not revolutionary, but it wasn't maybe expected, and it was admired by some, not everybody, because those who... It's still very much, this this device is still very much entrenched in the politics of Egypt. And so if you don't support this amazing scientific breakthrough, you're really not supporting the government. And so and it's very, it's considered very unpatriotic by some overzealous people. So the fact that... So no this one's board, supposed to oppose the machine, but no one's supposed to go to the point of using, using it. That it's a delicate balance. <laughs> so, so it, it seems pretty obvious to me. It's a judgment call, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, so this was a little tidbit that I didn't mention on our original episode that I thought I would mention now. But the most interesting part, I found this book 
called Living with HIV in Post-Crisis Times. And the book has multiple chapters. And one of the chapters is about the HIV situation in Egypt after 2011. After 2011? Yeah. 2011. Okay. So 2011, for those who don't know, is when the Egyptian revolution happened. Yep. Back in January. Yep. Government was overthrown. A new president was eventually elected. Fast forward to a couple years later in 2013, there's a coup d'etat when Abdel Fattah Sisi, the armed chief general at the time, overthrew the elected president. Mm -hmm. Right? Says a bit. And I mentioned a little bit more about the history of Egypt in the main episode, but I kind of want to like move things along, so... If you so want to know so bad, either Google it or listen to the first episode. So in the chapter, the author interviews five mothers who are five mothers in Egypt who are living with HIV. They're all in their mid 30s and have all been living with HIV for over five years. At and the they're time, they're all women. And well, yeah, I said mothers. Yes, mothers. <laughs> exactly. Just clarifying, of course. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to share some excerpts from the chapters, uh, from the chapter. A lot of them are like the interviews that he had with these women because it, some of these women that he interviewed were actually involved with, like they, they were part of the like subject test, like a, a kind of like they were part of the pre-trials before the machines, the machines were, they had been exposed to the universal healing machine. Yes. To the Kufta machine. Got it. The, the, sorry, the complete cure device, complete cure device. <laughs> um, before it was unveiled in yeah. that, um, what's it called? Ceremony. Um, <laughs> for lack of a better word. So, Before I share the, those interviews, though, the author also interviewed a social worker who, whose job is to counsel people who are, are diagnosed with HIV. And he was, uh, the social worker was asked, you know, how did you guys react when you heard about this machine? Universal cure machine. <laughs> Complete cure device, Thank you. mom. Thank Get you. it right. Universal cure machine is the uh, version 2.0. <laughs> 2.0. Now healing even more, more diseases. diseases. <laughs> Now chicken kofta too. <laughs> so the social worker says, after the announcement of the device, we were confused and we didn't know what to tell the people who came to consult with us looking for affirmation. People living with HIV and with HCV were checking with us whether it was true that our armed forces had discovered the cure. The situation was vague and the country was highly polarized. If we responded that it was not true, some people would respond that we were not faithful to our army and that the army would not declare such an achievement unless they were certain. Any feedback from our side would be politically translated into being with or against the armed forces. The truth is that we remain discreet and cautious about our position on the announced H HIV AIDS cure until the propaganda around it faded away. Eventually, everyone knew it was fraud. <laughs> Not that we actually are <laughs> So yeah, so I thought that was interesting because it's like of we course need to explain that it's more like a work in progress. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> more tests, more tests. <laughs> It's just these more tests, but also don't test. Back don't to test. the lab. Back to the lab. <laughs> okay, so now on to these women who were actually tested on. One of the women, uh, she was given the name uh, Maha um, for the book, but she's not. That wasn't her actual name. But she Our says, names aren't her actual names either. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Keep going. <laughs> 
Before the conference, they gathered us and said, you are cured of AIDS and we will announce the device to the public. I was convinced that I was cured. My high hopes and trust in our armed forces made me volunteer for the first clinical trial of the device. I told myself, you have nothing to lose by trying this device. If it worked, I would be cured. I left my three-year-old son with my aunt and my sister who took care of him. I stayed in the hospital three months for the clinical trial. I witnessed all these men in military suits and all the secrecy, which gave me a grand feeling that I was participating in a high-level national achievement. This was after the revolution, with positive speeches speeches and aspirations for the new Egypt. Everything seemed possible at the beginning. So this was back, this interview was back in the spring of 2015. Her and the other people who were being tested on uh, went to a specific hospital to participate in these trials. And they were in these, they were like in their hospital room for Three months. They didn't get out of there until the trials were over. So she says, We gathered in the hospital's garden, waiting for each of us to meet the main person behind the device, Dr. Ibrahim Abdelati. I found out later that... Abdelati, maybe? Abdelati? Could Mm. be. I don't know. Again, when it's written in English, I'm not too sure how to to pronounce it. I found out later that he is not a real licensed doctor. Which I think... Is really terrible. Like this Pertinent. entire time, they Pertinent. thought they thought he was a doctor, and yes, this guy's yes, just yes, yes, not a doctor. It's sad. <laughs> he used to claim that he treated people with herbal medicine. All of us who went through. Oh the- God, that's the first red flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, certain herbs go very well with kofta. I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> uh, parsley, coriander. Exactly. Is it coriander or is it parsley? Parsley, I think. Oh. Parsley. Per- no, not How much longer before suffering? Just asking. All of us who entered the clinical trials were living with HIV. When it was my turn to meet the doctor, he asked me how I became infected with the virus and how long I had been living with it. I told him that I was married, that my husband had passed away from the virus, and that I have a child. I was accepted as one of the people who would participate in the clinical trial. In the beginning, when I was admitted, I had a room in the... In the hospital. It's called um, Homiyet? the Infectious Disease oh. Hospital. Not that I know because, you know, this is all anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> We're not Egyptian. We not don't know all. anything. Not at all. No idea. <laughs> uh, so I had a room in the Homiyet Hospital where there were mostly military doctors and soldiers around me. They said that those rooms were rented from the management of the hospital. I stopped my HIV medication for the trial period, as requested, I know, and was only allowed to eat certain foods that they provided. No meat at all. What? Right? (laughs) Where did the skewer of kofta comparison come from if there's no meat involved? They were craving meat after three months and were ready (laughs) to say anything in return for a skewer of kofta. (laughs) Sorry, you were saying. This is where the deceit comes in. I don't care. You pretend to be a doctor. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you disrespect me by not allowing me my right to have Every day we had our sessions by getting connected to the device. I lay down on a bed next to that big device with the needles inserted. Ah, ah, sorry. You're not going to like where it's inserted. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Where is it? In my neck. In my neck. And all of my blood would go through the device and then return to my body. 
For me, the device looked like the ones used for renal dialysis. Yeah. In cases of renal failure, which I had seen before in hospitals. I was feverish and exhausted after those device sessions. Um, Dr. Ibrahim would give us daily... Why is she still... Uh, that's interesting. She still calls well, him Well, she doctor. calls him Dr. Ab- with his last name. Abdel Ati, Abdel Ati. I don't know what his name yeah, is. Yeah, but it's interesting. That she, that she still, still calls, calls him doctor. doctor. Yeah. Um, so he would give us daily pills in a small brown glass container. There was no medical label for those pills and no description of what they were made of. As you would see for pills that you get from pharmacies. Every day he would ask us how we were doing and he confirmed that we were getting better as he examined our blood tests and that the HIV virus was being eliminated from our blood. Deep inside, I didn't like seeing him. He did not smile and was very gloomy. Now, whenever I remember how I was convinced that I got better and my body was being cured of the virus, I feel betrayed. I was relieved at the end of the clinical trial to be reunited with my child. Who knows, I could have died in those three months. I was suffocating in that room for three months, not allowed to leave the hospital, and my psychological state was very bad. Yeah. Um, Bro, where are the ethics of this research? There is no ethics. Come, the ethics were approved at the highest level. (laughs) The ethics are doubtlessly, flawlessly... Perfectly approved. Yeah, yeah, just because you don't get them yeah. um, does not mean... Yeah. It's, it's big brain it's ethics. <laughs> <laughs> um, she mentions that she found out later that some people died from complications Oof. and opportunistic diseases f- during those trials. Oof. They had to stop their HIV medications for the three months of the trials. Yeah. In the end... Their family families can't prove that they died from the clinical trials because they had AIDS. Of AIDS. God, it's it's insane. And I didn't know any of that when I did the research for the first one. I don't know how this slipped past me. I I didn't notice it. But this is that's that's intense. And the government just swept it all up. So now you can still read about the ridicule like nobody yeah, can avoid the fact that ha ha it's a kofta machine but we're missing but we oh the, but there uh, were the, actual lives the but, actual yeah. lives involved in this were erased like forgotten yeah because it's easier to make it into a ridicule than into what a problematic than a tragedy yeah, <laughs> which is what this is um but yeah it's um sorry it's not super Aww. super cheerful stuff i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um anyways so the, the i can't speak for the entire book because i didn't read the entire book um i i what i know is basically what i was able to get off of google books which means there are also some pages missing that i'm <laughs> sure i would have been doing this podcast on a string budget yes. <laughs> we're broke here <laughs> but it, it was it, it the paper the chapter that i read was sort of an ethnographic type of paper, and it was very interesting, so if anybody wants to read more about... um, What's the book called? It's called... I mentioned it in the beginning. It's called Living with HIV in Post-Crisis Times, uh, colon, Beyond the Endgame. Beyond the Endgame. Let's see who... Well, it's it's a bunch of chapters from different yeah. people. So the the but the the whole book was edited by David A. B. Murray. So yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, you, just Mr. a couple Murray. things that I didn't mention on the uh, like original that. episode that yeah. I thought I could bring up now yeah, as sort of right. our first year anniversary Excellent. type of thing. 
Um, but yeah, thank you so much for anybody who listens to these. And thank you to my mom and my sister for <laughs> for letting me talk their ears off about various More than usual huh? topics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll see you guys. Well, we won't see you guys, but <laughs> you'll, you'll, hear, you'll us. hear from us. You'll hear from us next next week, week for an our episode our. Mexican mystery episode that I forgot I've had. In oh my yeah, that episode scarred me, man. <laughs> I, we were in our R and B, Airbnb, Airbnb, Airbnb. I'm not. And she did it. Okay, and she was like, "Why are you scared?" It it's, wasn't scary. It's like 11 p.m. Everything is scary at that time. You could show me a milk commercial at 11 p.m. I'm like, Who did open that fridge? <laughs> So it's don't don't listen to it at night. <laughs> it was not scary. It was not scary. It was a pretty fun episode. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> your kofta, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.